0: Good morning, and welcome to NFTs Live. I'm your host, Tyler D. It is Tuesday, December 7th, and I'm joined this morning by Brett Ritchie, live from Vegas, fresh off the World Series of Poker. Brett, welcome back to the show. It's been way too long.
1: It has been too long, man, and it is good to be back. Looking forward to getting into chatting some NFTs.
0: I'm super happy to have you. And we have a big show for today, a ton to cover. So quick rundown. We're going to start with cco and the punks drama then we're going to talk open seas ipo then nifty gateway and their news on the eth integration and its impact then we'll get into the market update take a look at the wizards and dragons game clone x and some early reactions from that drop along with some others then we'll get into one of ones we'll recap x copies big weekend's We'll talk blue chip PFPs and art blocks with a focus on the recent Gazers drop and the secondary market reaction to that. We'll touch on the Tom Brady drop on Autograph. Uh, And then with any leftover time at the end, we will talk state of the market, fresh off my blog post and a chance to get uh, Brett's thoughts on the last few months. Sound good? All right, let's get started. Top news. NFTs and CCO. I'm going to show here um, a post from Bankless and their website. First, just so everyone's on the same page, we'll start with just a definition of what CCO is, and then we'll talk about what's been happening with it. So CCO stands for Creative Commons. Uh, Creative Commons license is public copyright that allows creators to open up their works for other people to use CCO is essentially the most open, so it's entirely in the public domain, meaning anyone can use the content however they'd like. So if an NFT project is CCO, that means it can be copied exactly one for one. Um, you know, so initial reactions to products like this, why would you do it if you know one of the primary tenets of NFT's value is their scarcity? Well, part of the thesis is that the more you have built upon a core idea. The more derivatives there are, the more copies that it all filters value back to the original source. So that's one of the, the driving theses behind CCO. It's not the only type of license out there, of course. It's actually fairly rare still at this point in time. Um, for example, CryptoPunks makes use of the NFT license, which allows holders to use their NFTs for personal, non-commercial use, while the creators of Larva Labs. Retain claim to the IP and copyrights around the punks. So that's a little bit of background.
1: I think there's yeah. something in the punks terms I saw on Twitter. I don't know how accurate it is, but you're basically capped at like 100k per year that you can you could like I guess I would count as their personal use. So you could make like 100k monetizing your punks somehow, and then that's that's it.
0: Yeah, that's exactly Be what right it right is, right. and I think that's I think that's where the the term commercial use comes into play, and that's where they they limit you there. Um, which, of course, how many people are actually using their punk and getting 100k per year? I think is one of the, yeah. the biggest questions out there. So, we've seen the rise of CCO projects, specifically nouns, cryptodes have been two of the biggest ones. And then just this past week in a big splash punk4156, one of the OG punk owners, has one of the biggest collections. Posted this tweet. I love Punks, but the co- the copyright issue kind of broke my heart. I held deep eight figures of Punks. The devs unfollowed them. They were unresponsive to his feedback, where he was kind of asking questions of, you know, would you consider CCO? Would you consider changing the copyright license? Um, so he posted this, and then he acted very swiftly. And I'm going to show here. So if, if you scroll down, this is Punk. 4156 account page. He essentially emptied his portfolio, he sold all but one of his punks, I believe, which is his his premier one. Um, made a huge splash. It, it kind of tanked the market there over the weekend. And specifically, he sold several of these punks well under their trait floors. You know, some people are saying he left somewhere between 500 and 700 ETH on the table. Um, so this was huge news. It kind of caught the, the punks market. And most of NFT Twitter kind of by storm a decent amount to unpack here. I guess, Brett, maybe starting from the end here, what are your thoughts on Punk4156's move here and kind of how he went about this?
1: I think it's fine. I think people just love bitching anytime somebody sells in a project that they're invested in. Like, oh, how can you paper-handed it or whatever? Like, you're always allowed to sell. And he made a good point is that he's like, hey, I know some of these aren't floor pieces, but the only liquidity is at the floor. And both you and I have realized a lot of times, and I know punks are special, but the mid-tier pieces are so illiquid. It's like the top end grails have their own sort of set of buyer markets and then all the actions at the floor. So there's times where I've bought something that's like certainly rarer, you know, it's gold or whatever. And, and then it, you end up selling it at the floor anyway, because that's the only place there's liquidity. So one of the best um, things about like a mid-tier kind of piece is the ability to immediately sell it at the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, if you're buying the floor and you can snipe some of those deals, you also don't feel so horrible about selling it at the floor because you bought it at the floor. This guy, right, he made what he bought a million dollars worth and he sold for 28 million, even though he left some on the table, I mean, who cares? (laughs) Right, I, I, I agree with how he did it. I think it was probably
0: the sharp way uh, which I think is a bit of a hot take. I think you know, putting myself in his shoes, it's pretty clear he wanted to remove himself from the situation and from this project. And he didn't want this story to drag on. You know, he started by unwinding 20% of his portfolio. And then I think something must have triggered him and said, I'm going to dump the rest of it. And he chose to do it all at once. And had he tried to capture you know, fair market value, it, it would have taken days or weeks to unwind this position, right? Especially in this market and I I don't think he wanted it to take that long.
1: And you Um, never know, there's other times too, where I've been like, I'm just gonna price it slightly above floor, well, the floor keeps dropping. And so I would have been better off selling my mid-tier piece at the floor two weeks ago than than the new floor. So if he's bearish on where these are heading anyway, you, you wanna get out without regard to like trying to capture max value because in two weeks, if you think it's gonna be a lot lower anyway, you're better to just sell at the floor
0: which it did. We saw the punks floor drop 25% last week. So like you never never know in the moment how fast it's going to continue to drop. But I guess maybe taking us back more to the beginning, I guess, what's your, what are your thoughts on CCO projects versus, you know, some of the other NFT licenses? Do you put a premium on them or?
1: I like the CCO license. Uh, For me personally, I'm more just buying stuff. Like I'm not really out there trying to, to build a brand off of my NFTs or like monetize them. I like having the option to, uh, I'm not a CCO maximist by any chance either. I think some of of the people have been very tribalistic on Twitter lately. Mm -hmm. And like, I think as long as the project is open about their license and how they plan to sort of treat their users, I don't have a problem with whatever they wanna do. Like Larva Labs, I'm not a fan of Larva Labs whatsoever. I don't think they're doing anything wrong with this license, right? If they wanna keep capturing more value from the punks than their community that's their right to me i think it hurts the overall value of punks but they don't have that many punks so i think they're they're looking at more well um you know i think like larva is a net negative to punks if they left i think punks would do better but i don't see that happening but it's their right like they haven't done anything wrong um so yeah i like the cco license but it's not like a. will be honest most NFTs I buy, I don't even check what it is.
0: Yeah, which is fair. And I I will say that the CCO was one of the a bigger component of my investment thesis in the cryptodes, and I think we are just kind of scratching the surface. And you know, one of my bets I'm making is that the more derivatives, the more copies that there are, the bigger that this ecosystem gets, it will drive value back. Uh, but with that being said, it doesn't mean that products with different licenses aren't valuable. So certainly room for both. It'll be interesting to watch this play out. That is a fact. Let's move to our next story. Um, Second on the board here in top news, OpenSea hires new CFO from Lyft plans IPO. Um, That's essentially the story right there, just in a few words, but it's Brian Roberts. Uh, He says he wants to raise more funds for their booming marketplace and has plans to take it public. Um, Just a bit of background on him. He's got, Corporate development, m and in his background, Microsoft, Walmart. No real experience in crypto or Web3, um, which you know is interesting, especially coming into this brand new sector. But certainly he's got the experience there. Um, but I think the, the biggest news is, you know, no airdrop, probably, right? If we're talking about an IPO, we can kiss goodbye to the, the OpenSea tokens that we were all hoping that we might get. So was, was this a surprise to you, Brett? What was your reaction? No, you I mean, it's, it's not
1: a surprise. Obviously, like I would like a token. I've been really active there. Uh, there is a precedent of a publicly traded company having a token overstock. Uh, however, we've always kind of thought that the OpenSea token was an arrow in their quiver that they were going to pull out only if they needed it to sort of fend off competition. Uh, overstock was a, a different scenario where there's CEOs, um, really, really out there kind of guy when they did the token, they up getting fired. He claimed all these conspiracies, Patrick Byrne, worth looking into him. Interesting guy to say the least. Um, again, open right? You're now this multi-billion dollar company, like mega, several billion dollar company. Mm-hmm. And you do a token now you're a U.S. company, like you're, you're adding all these layers of risk on. Right and like OpenSea never said they were going to do a token. Right, they're not betraying any promises if they don't do it. It's unfortunate. It does go against the sort of Web three ethos where the users sort of share in ownership of the product. They're capturing all the value for themselves and their shareholders. But again, similar to like Larva Labs, like they're not doing anything wrong. They haven't said um, otherwise. But I, yeah, I would not be holding my breath for a token here. I think they're just going to IPO and like why would you add in Especially if they're still market leader, why would you add in all this risk? What I do think it does is opens up an opportunity for another product to tackle open sea, which they have such a liquidity mode. This is one thing where a, a token, uh, a marketplace with a token, could really get some market share. Like I think it, um, it's going to be good for competition in the space.
0: I totally agree. Competition is good for all of us as users. Um, I do think it's interesting that you know everyone's immediately. Talking about jumping ship for Coinbase because of the whole, you know, web that open seas going against the Web3 ethos. Well, Coinbase isn't. Yeah, Coinbase Web3 is the same thing. ethos either, right? Like they're they're not dropping a token. Yeah, uh, they're they're
1: capturing all the value for themselves too. So the same is one of the you know whatever. Yeah, same thing.
0: I'm curious to see how it goes. So I was adding up the just the monthly revenue from the past four months. We're sitting around 285 million in the past four months. So annualized that out to about a billion in revenue for a year. They were a small team, man.
1: They were like 20 or 30 people at the start of the summer too. It was, uh, people give OpenSea shit for their um, product, which I, I think the product's amazing. It works. They, they scaled like 100X and kept the lights on for the most part with the product working. I don't, everybody's like, oh, you don't have these features or something. It's a lot harder to add and, and sort of iterate when, when you're just like focused, like putting out fires all the time and making sure that your core product works so i think openc has been pretty impressive i can't think i've used all the other marketplaces without even considering the scaling factors i don't think there's some clear other better marketplace out there so i think people are like oh like it's easy to build a better product are, are wrong yeah
0: i uh, tend to agree but it'll certainly be interesting to see how that monthly revenue continues when Coinbase enters and then if we have any other competitors. So we'll be watching. <clears throat> Third story, let's keep going here. Nifty Gateway. So they had, a, would say, a surprise announcement yesterday that they are going to allow buying and selling directly from your Ethereum wallet in ETH on Nifty Gateway. And they're absolutely touting this as a gas fee saving method here. And they actually, in their announcement page, they have a gas savings calculator where you can plug in your wallet address and show you how much money you would have saved. Uh, I'm not gonna show mine, it is uh, way too high. It's, I don't wanna cry here on the air. Um, <clears throat> they're gonna call it here, They're we're all gonna make it winter wham when they celebrate this. So it's coming in January, 2022. Um, you know, certainly a, a little bit to unpack here, I love the fact that it's going to save on gas, but what I'm more excited about is the Ethereum wallet integration and pricing of Nifty Gateway NFTs in ETH terms versus US dollars. Like, I, I look at my portfolio on Nifty Gateway and I see, you know, $7,000, $8,000. It seems so high, but I don't blink at three ETH, right? So that's, that's what I'm excited for. Hopefully, bringing a, more of a buyer pool. Have you been interacting on Nifty Gateway much? You know, I yeah, bought one months?
1: Steve Aoki thing, um, and I got like the kind of rare one. So I mean, I turned like two hundred into eight hundred. It was six seventy five after fees. And then I bought one of those, um, uh, the bass or some whatever Marat Pak. The uh, mm-hmm. oh, I merge? bought one of those. I still, I still hasn't shown up. I don't think I checked yesterday. I'm not a huge Nifty Gateway fan personally, um, but I think it's great for for. Um, more beginner users, right? Because it's just, mm-hmm. you use your credit card. I didn't like the, the, I guess when you pay the fees in ETH, it doesn't, similar to how you're saying you don't like seeing your portfolio in dollars. I didn't like seeing I sold something for 800 and I got 675 back. When I when I get, you know, 0.12 is gone in ETH fees, I don't blink at that. So um, that might be it. I like that the fact that they have the fiat on-ramp and the, now that they're gonna have the direct ETH wallet thing, that's kind of both sides of the coin um one thing I would caution like we just talked about OpenSea oh is a competitor going to have a token these guys are owned by Gemini which is the most conservative I would say of the major exchanges not necessarily sure Nifty Gateway is going to have a token but I think if they have a higher chance uh than OpenSea at this point for a token and again I think whoever I think that there will be um you know super rare is kind of off in its own land Mm -hmm. but for like a The open marketplace. I think there's, but I'm not sure it's going to be Nifty Gateway. I think there might be some one of these like Web three wizards is going to build some very, very open um, marketplace that I think could catch some traction. But it's not that easy to build these things and make sure that they stay working when you get a lot of users.
0: Sure, to an degree, I do think you know bottom line impacts. This is going to be positive for onboarding. Uh, yeah. Nifty Gateway is one of the first marketplaces I use and, and I will say I've been checking my Nifty, por- Nifty Gateway portfolio what's up so there, there's some increased market interest in these NFTs on the Nifty Gateway so good for them <clears throat> definitely some positive news let's go, go ahead and get into our segments here let's start with our market update and take a look at the three day board here from our friends at IC tools <clears throat> topping the board Wizards and Dragons with a little over 2,100 ETH in volume, although that is down about 50% here uh, on the three-day. I'm going to go ahead and pull up their project page so we can just spend a little bit of time talking about Wizards and Dragons. I think the the first metric I'm going to comment on, 9,000 ETH traded. I believe this game just opened to mint last Monday, so... Eight days into the market. They're already 67th ranked on Crypto Slam. Pretty impressive after eight days. Um, and for reference, Wolf Game, which is kind of the OG, you know, DeFi meets NFT gaming game, you know, they're at 28th in the Crypto Slam board. has done about 92 million. So Wizards and Dragons has done probably somewhere between 36 and 40 million. Although we do see that the floor has dropped a bit. Uh, I want to say the Wizards floor was around 0.3, 0.4, during the earlier days, when the supply was a bit lower, you know, as the game has pressed on, the supply has increased, and, and thus the floor has dropped, um, which, you know, I th- makes sense. And it's a trend we're starting to see as these newer games have have kind of come to fruition and played out a bit. Have you been following these the DeFi NFT games? That started with Wolfgang Breder, Brader. Kind of, what's your, yeah, what's your take on this new somewhat? Game?
1: I, I hesitate to even call these games. I think Ponzi is is a more accurate description. Like you, they're a short term game, if you want to call it. Like this is not a game in like the traditional play to earn sense of like something like an Axie Infinity or a Zed Run, where where those to me qualify as games. This is really um, you have to be very on top of the pulse of the market. Um, to be able to trade these sort of things like this is extremely short term. get in, get out, you're flipping, you're dumping. Um, you're hoping your other people are pumping these for you. I like to me these are just a hard pass. I'm not spending um, enough time to where I think I can be profitably trading these and like there's a lot of insider coordination on like which certain ones um, are gonna are gonna pump or like like a lot of the early supply is going to um, influencers that are gonna then shill it to their followers. Uh, I this is just a hard pass for me. Yeah, yeah,
0: and I put it the same way. So I've been on the sidelines. Uh, you know, similar viewpoints. You know, at this point, it seems like these games are solved. There's basically two strategies. It's it's one you have to buy right out of the gate. You met and you you either stake your NFTs, you know, wizards and dragons or whatever animal characters they are you accumulate the token and then you never unstake and you use the token to essentially continue to mint um, and then eventually sell those new mints to to be profitable. The other strategy is essentially not to stake anything then hopefully sell into the initial supply squeeze (laughs) when the other entities are are staked. Uh, I will say it's been interesting to watch this marketplace, right? I think there was 12 Plus copies of Wolf Game really in the first week after it came out, um, with varied levels of success. Wizards and Dragons has clearly had the most success of any of the Wolf Game, you know, copies or derivatives or whatever term you, you want to use. Um, and I think the influencer backing has been a big part of it. You know, Pranksy specifically has been one of the biggest players in this game. But look it's at look at
1: this. Speaking of that, you have thirty nine thousand items, and I guess because a bunch are staked, but you have nine hundred twenty one owners. Um, you know that that is once these things start think, heading down, I would also never touch it. If you want to try and ride the wave on the way up, like I would be shocked if this ever recovers.
0: Well, the game is also ends after two weeks and then it's, yeah. it goes into the big unknown, and you know, according to Beanie and, and some of the the wolf game backers, that was on Beanie's one of the worst
1: actors in the whole space. Never ever listen to Beanie um it's my advice he's He's a malicious actor.
0: That's fair, and he certainly has been tied to his fair share of Ponzi games. Um, he's so- going to make blued his life's mission
1: months ago. It tanks, and now he's like, "I was just kidding." How did you not know that? It's your fault for buying. Like the guy's a joke.
0: So we'll leave that there for the the Ponzi games and Wizards and Dragon. But it'll be interesting to see how this goes over the next few weeks, and if it goes to zero or if it does have some longevity. Next up, Town Star. So, this is a project in the Gala Games universe. So, everything Gala touching has just turned to gold recently. They did 2000 ETH. Uh, also, in the Gala world, they did their Miranda's box drop yesterday. They sold 8, 8,888 NFTs for 0.888 ETH worth of Gala token. And what was somewhat of a botch drop, their website went down a few different times, but they still sold out and sold out rapidly. So, everything in the Gala sphere is, is Really strong right now. The rest of this board, you know, we see apes everywhere. So I I counted up six of the 14 top trending projects right now have ape in the title. Led besides BAYC and MAYC, of course, we've got the Ape Kids Club. I'm going to go ahead and quickly show their page. They came out uh, last week at the end of the week and really surged over the weekend. I think the floor got as high as 07 uh, I kind of slept on this project. I haven't really been playing the, the babies or the derivatives too much. This one definitely has the, the cute factor. And that, that seems to be its biggest differentiator. Um, and it's been doing well. So certainly kudos to anyone playing this. Brett, I'm assuming you didn't get any Ape Kids Club.
1: I right? have pretty much have a firm rule. I don't touch the derivatives of the punks, apes, and for better or worse, I, I just, uh, like Andy, uh, in our group chat says like you got to cut some stuff out in this, but you can't be like in all sectors. So that's a sector that I just cut out. I don't, this to me, I get, I'm like, I would never touch this. I 0.6, you know, I, I, I would be, um, cautious.
0: It's a high entry price, especially for a 10 K supply. I want to say that some of the legendary NFTs are revealing today, which might have been, has led to some of the increased uh, market attention. The eight traded, that's significant. So they've certainly crossed a bit of a threshold. We will uh, certainly continue watching the ape kids. I think the biggest shocker on this board for me is Desperate Ape Wives, how this has had this much legs. I think the floor hit 1.8 on this project. Like the art's not that good. It's clearly just a derivative, but man, the market's buying it. For whatever, for whatever reason, but I would say I would kind of echo your sentiments there and, and be careful in that project. I want to get your thoughts on Artifact and Clone X. So I, I checked this morning, it's still sitting steady at a 3.4 floor. The buying action continues. That four really hasn't dropped. Um, we still haven't seen these reveal. It's been now a week past the, the, the mint date. What are your thoughts? You've been tracking this project? Yeah, I first off,
1: I would not touch this at all. I'm, I'm getting into some Twitter arguments with people. One of my friends, I some guy wrote, like, everyone's fighting this project and now, no, everyone's quiet. And I was like, okay, I still think these are going to be under two uh, a week after reveal. And I, I'm nothing against them. I, I don't like the way they did the drop. I don't like the way they did the airdrop, whatever. But historically, the 20K projects haven't done great. And those two have had much stronger brands, I would say, uh, with... Larva and board apes, although Artifact does that, they have a good brand too. Um, but the other thing is, you talk about the reveal being delayed. One of the things that can really kill a project is when a lot of the pieces look similar, okay? And it's harder to pull off 20k that have enough diversity to where you feel like your piece is unique. And we're in a fairly skittish market right now. Like, I feel there's a ton of people that are holding or buying to gamble on a rare because they think it's going to go for. 60 or a ETH or something, I expect there's gonna be a ton of sell pressure at the floor once these get revealed. In a 20k set, sell pressure at the floor, that's a lot. Where are these buyers gonna come from? Right? Like, I, I really feel this is a bad buy from other unless you really just want to like play lotto and just get out as fast as you can. If you like the project, and I've been wrong before. You could wait and buy in for like one or two weeks uh, a little bit after reveal if you really wanted to get one.
0: I will say that's the strategy that I've been kind of putting in place. I'm waiting for the reveal. I also think the floor will drop. I I think the the counter, the devil's advocate here is the utility aspect. Um, So one of the very first things in the roadmap for Clone X is those on Cyberpod. Everyone who holds one will, will get airdropped one of those on Cyberpods. Those things look pretty sweet. I don't know if you've taken a look there, um, so that could be something that's kind of continuing to prop up the market. It could be a reason to hold or sell, um, but you know the general rule is these drop these projects drop on reveal. It, it's held true a majority of the time. I would expect it to hold true for this for this project as well. All right, well that's enough time on our market update. Let's get uh, into a few of our segments, and we'll we'll go a little bit quicker through some of these here. Um, So let's start with one of Wonderland here. Um, The headline of the weekend is it's X copy weekend again. So the weekend started with uh, his, his last drop of the year, his primary drop decay. That piece sold for 345, 69 to starry night cap. Starry night wasn't finished. They then went on to purchase this piece, some other asshole on secondary they bought that from Moderates Art for 550 ETH, 2.3 million dollars. RIP to Roses, by the way. <laughs> I was just gonna go through this history. So Moderates Sorry, Art, I,
1: mean, I didn't mean to jump the gun. No,
0: no, no. Of course, uh, they the Moderates Art bought this for three ETH, which was 480 dollars two years ago, and just Roses to, with a
1: 4.8x to, flip, right? You can't be mad at that, but. Uh, that's I, tough.
0: I'm gonna have to go through Roses' portfolio and see if they were able to hold any of these. But I mean that's a lesson to all of us. You know, there's a good chance that I've sold or paper handed something this year that's gonna have this type of a value in two years. You know, very I have I've sold four Fidenzas. Yeah, Fidenzas,
1: they're close enough, four of them for sure.
0: So I, I certainly can empathize, but man, uh modern start crudos on a very nice sell. I think what stands out about this piece is it has the character. So the, from what I understand about X copy pieces and valuations, the more recognizable the character in the artwork, the, the higher value it has uh, along with the age of the piece. So Starry Night uh, making a big splash. I think this is their fifth or 6th X ex-copy piece. Other headline from the weekend, uh, a piece from Coldy. So this is called Decentralized Eyes Dog. It's a... Collab with Snoop Dogg. You can see his portrait. It's a very animated piece uh, in that Coldy style. Um, this sold to 888 for 188 ETH here over the weekend. Um, also, a, a really big sale. Kudos to Coldy on a, probably one of his, his top sales all the time. Um, Continuing down our list, we talked a little bit about POC. The Murat POC drop on Nifty Gateway closed over the weekend. I think the final tally was around $92 million or so, making it the highest uh, NFT project sellout that we've seen. Uh, Brett, you participated in the POC drop. Any, any reactions uh, to the final sales I bought price? one
1: just because typically I feel the floor is – I didn't like buying multiple masses because I didn't know how the UI was going to display them. And like I bought, I have some like land where they bundle the larger parcels into this into one unit, one NFT, and and in that project, the floor of the cheapest one pixel land trades at an insane premium to the rest. So I just did the same strategy. Uh, but I just got one. I feel like I should be able to make money on that. If not, I don't really care. I I mean, ninety two million. That's a lot of money coming out of NFT space. Like I think I'm not. I would, if I had to long or short the overall value of this project at 92 million, I would take the under say a month from now, but, uh, his other stuff has all been up. So, so far, uh, I would be wrong, but on this one specifically, I, I'm a little bearish. I wouldn't be rushing to buy a secondary, like at a higher price than people paid at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tough because POC has had a ton of success with all of his projects in the past, and they're certainly up. Um, so we'll see. I think these are just now starting to hit accounts today. Um, and then I think there is a hold on secondary market until everyone receives theirs. So we'll see how the early reaction uh, Can we reaction to Nifty
1: that. gateway to OpenSea, or is it just that we just traded on Nifty?
0: I think it's traded on Nifty.
1: Okay, yeah. Which, I'm going to tell mine whenever I get it, I think, and see if I can
0: So I went for 10, which very well might be that mid tier play, may have been a mistake.
1: Um, depends on the UI, really, is the way I see it. Because 10 is going to be a very popular number because that was the the cheapest one that Mm -hmm. got the bonus, right? Right? So, I think one which I did is obviously going to be the most popular. 10 might be second most popular, maybe, maybe two, but there's gonna so I think it depends on how they treat it in the UI. Can you sort by? You know, if you can filter by 10, I think people would do that.
0: So, what I might do is pick up a random one, get to 11 or 12 just to get a differentiator, which I could see uh, potentially some value in that strategy. But some other notable sales we actually had a, a pretty big weekend across Super Rare. So, a piece by or the artist W. Lop Wang Ling actually sold two pieces for 45 ETH and 40 ETH respectively. The artist Otherworld XX sold The Garden for 39 ETH. Then a piece by Hackatow sold for 33, rounding out our notable sales. Let's go ahead and and get into blue chip PFPs and we'll take a look at the WGMI board. Starting with Punk. so, you know, we we talked about this a bit in the beginning. Uh, The four guys low is 66. It's sitting at 73 here this morning, down about 10% on the week. Cybercongs continue to drop as well. Now sitting at sixty-six, down fifteen percent on the week. Um, it's interesting. The top of the board is red. The majority of the bottom board is actually in green. Um, Led by Board Ape Yacht Club, sitting at a solid 51, up eight percent on the week. Brett, I'm sure you've heard it that one of the constant themes on NFT Twitter is the flipping. When is it happening? Do you believe apes are going to flip punks? And if so, uh, I I don't. I don't. I
1: think at the very least, my my theory for a long time, it certainly has been tested maybe in the last week, is that the punks owners as a whole are are much wealthier than apes owners. and there's a lot of people with um, a lot of money who's who's uh, whether it's their identity or they're just they've been very bullish on punks, almost punks maximalists. And some of them very arrogant, like punks are the only way. I don't think those people are going to let apes flip them. Uh, and like I, I think apes. The first time apes get close, punks are going to surge. Right. Second time maybe they get close, punks are going to surge, and maybe the third time. But like for the apes. I and there's no disrespect to the ape community, but like there are a lot of people where the ape makes up a decent you know significant portion of their net worth right there's the I feel that punks like net worth of punks owners might be like five times higher than apes or something, right? There's a lot of really really sharp, really wealthy people in punks, you know, they made a lot of money trading crypto. punks aren't even necessarily as big as some of their crypto positions, and I just don't see them. Letting punks get flipped the first time through
0: I would tend to agree I think part of my other sentiment is you know everyone right now is kind of screaming for utility and marketing and you know project team leads that are super active in driving projects forward, you know running them like startups and I totally get that and I, I tend to agree as well, but when that is you know what your product is anchored on, I think there is inherent risk on mishaps and you know expected roadmap plays not panning out to market reaction and i think the big risk right now for the apes is the token right i i now am starting to think that the token is priced in and it is part of the reason that the floor has held so firmly at 50 51 um i've seen it more and more frequently in people's th- investment theses plays and, and why they're buying apes and people I are starting think- to expect 100k token airdrop for apes Okay. I, I
1: honestly okay. talking earlier about the arrow in your quiver, right? You want to save the token for when you're threatened. I don't understand why the apes announced this token, right? They announced it in October. They were doing fine. It was like a little shaky. Maybe they're around like 30 something. They're like, but they paint themselves into a corner a bit, right? They're US uh, based. They maybe they do it offshore or whatever, but like they're like, we're talking to a council to figure out the best way to do a token. A lot of things can go wrong. And so, like, if something happens. To where they're like, well, our council said we can't do a token. Um, I just like to me, it didn't. There's no reason to announce that, right? Like that's a really great piece of news. They almost kind of wasted it so far out, and when they were, you know, clear number two. Anyway, it's not like they had um, people on their heels or or they were really tanking. So uh, my opinion is, I wouldn't have announced it. But they know way more about the internal workings than I do. So I'm just guess it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Yuga Labs has been crushing it for sure, so we'll give them credit. But, I mean, to your point, if something goes wrong and they can't do the token, I I think the floor
1: crashes to 30 or lower. Or it's delayed. I think they said they want to do it Q1 2022. Now what if it's, you know, pushed to Q3, Q2, people are going to get angry. It's just, uh, like, you're almost putting yourselves in a negative free roll spot because the upside of saying we're definitely, you could tease it like, hey, we're really looking, you know, we'd like to, that'd be cool. Um, I wouldn't have made such an official announcement, though, personally.
0: So certainly uh, we'll be one to watch. We'll get Sky's opinion on Friday show. You know, he's more of uh, an ape bull. I want to get his thoughts on the flipping as well. Let, let's go ahead and get through the rest of this board just quickly. Cool Cats, 7.2, up 5% on the week. The Mutant Apes, 6.7, up a bit. Uh, Gutter Cat Gang still riding high out there. Coinbase News at 4.2, up 5%. And then the Cryptodes, the four showing 3.3, that's that's surprising to me. It actually got up to four on Sunday on some whale action. We had Punk4, 4156, scoop all the man eyes. Anon got back into the game, uh, but it, it seems like that four has since retraced a bit. And then meebit's the stable coin of the PFP world, holding steady at 3.2.
1: Some of these art blocks, man, I haven't checked in on those in a while. <laughs> I just close your eyes.
0: Gosh, well, so, some positive news, but let's, let's go through it. Let's start with the floors. So Fidenza is actually tiny green on the board at 92. We're not going to see much more green in art blocks. Uh, Ringer is 48, down 12%. Elevate uh, deconstructions at 42, even on the week. Archetypes now sitting at 12. I think archetypes were in the 50s you know, fairly steadily in peak August mania. Um, So them approaching single digits is certainly bearish and and deeply red subscapes 7.5 unigrids unigrids were also a top five floor price project at one point now sitting at 6.77 down 35% on the week. And then chromie squiggles, one of the marquee, although high supply sets sitting there at six, a lot of red on the board, have, have you been playing Artbox? Have you been paying much attention to, to this market?
1: No, I basically – I have, you know, some stuff. Um, I like long-term in Artbox, some stuff that I didn't sell enough when there were buyers. Uh, so I'm just holding it. I haven't paid attention, um, but I think we're going to get to the – yesterday's Artbox drop was great. The curated drop sold out at 0.25 Gazers, which I don't think curated – certainly was selling below one for a long time. I haven't paid attention that much in the last few weeks. Uh, and you can see here, it's up to 2.88. So uh, it was a great play for anybody who made it. I like had just completely checked out on Blocks. I think a lot of people had, and this could be the thing that at least gets people back looking at um, Art Blocks. I don't know if that necessarily is going to make some old stuff, get some buyers. It might just be the new drops are going to have a little more attention on them. And there's going to be these sort of very um, narrow, like, okay, this project's going to have a bunch of buyers in it. And then those five are going to be pretty much dust. And then this one. So it's a little bit of a hot potato. There is risk, but meaning a curated at 0.25, I would have said the same thing yesterday before this thing mooned very little downside.
0: Yeah. So I was actively watching this one. This, uh, so I've been following Matt Kane. You know, he is one of the, you know, most sought after, crypto artists on super rare. So I've been paying attention to this and it was clear that he put a lot of thought uh, into this generative drop. I was shocked as the Dutch auction was going through. I want to say at one one eighth, we had less than 20 minutes. Um, <clears throat> so I actually pulled the trigger for the first time at 0.5. And then I minted a few at 0.25 uh, I want to say there was like 400 to 500 still available at 0.25. Of course, it went out pretty quick there. Um, I, I'd say as a general rule, anytime you commit curated at 0.25, it's it's probably going to be profitable. I think my other take is as the, the supply increases, um, it, it's going to be more of a micro-segmented market. And we're going to have to, take a look at projects on a one-by-one basis, you know, based on the artists, the market reaction, the collectors involved in the project. And I think that's the differentiator. And I actually bought more of this project this morning based on who I saw buying the project. So it wasn't just the standard names I see in typical AB drops. It was a lot of the collectors from the super rare world. Um, so like moderates art who we showed sold that X copy piece, they picked up a, a good chunk of, of these pieces Token Angels had a good amount. X Copy was on the board as a buyer. Coldy, a lot of the artists are are buying these. And when you think about, you know, what, what are they going to do with it? They're they're likely going to hold and they're likely going to hold for a longer time. So I think we're seeing a supply squeeze right now. I'm seeing 89 listed out of a thousand supply. That's less than 10%. That's a pretty bullish indicator. It's a thin floor still, even at 2.8. So this one's got room to run. So I'm excited to see, uh, what can happen here, and it's just nice to uh, to see some positive market reaction to an art box product again.
1: All right, totally agree. Totally agree. Been too long, so um, I, even though I didn't, I missed it. I didn't get in. Uh, either I generally have a rule against hopping on the train once it's come this far. Uh, I'm I'm happy to see it.
0: Me too. I will say, if anyone feels like they missed this one, I would take a strong look at it. If I think this product has long legs on it. Uh, it's got a, a top artist behind it. It's got top collectors. And again, that, that supply squeeze is absolutely in play. Um, but that's my pitch. Of course, DYOR. We've got one upcoming drop to highlight here before we get into our last segment. So we've got Tom Brady Origins Collection dropping on Autograph here today. Um, we're going to go ahead and show their the project page. Uh, There's a few different timelines based on the early access and when the public drop starts. So the, it's the early access period that starts here this afternoon and then the public drop is on Thursday about 16,600 in the supply $80 per price for the mystery container. And then what can you expect to receive? I think this is what piqued my interest. It's a little bit different than some of the other uh, athlete or sports NFTs that we've seen. Uh, It's not just a card. So there's, there's a, There's five different type of collectibles. There's college resume, rookie draft card, combine stopwatch, combine cleats, and combine jersey here, all in different rarity tiers. And you can see the the different supplies uh, as you scroll down. Um, So, you know, sports NFTs, Tom Brady certainly commanding the the largest premiums uh, on the DraftKings marketplace. Brett, is this one on your radar? Are you going to take a look at this?
1: It is, I think that um, I, I was looking, a lot of the athletes are like even from, or slightly down from their drop prices, like Usain Bolt, Simone Biles, they're, they're, they're just not as popular athletes within who I assume the DraftKings audience is. Brady, his stuff is up, I think, three or four X for his, his other drop. I think this is kind of cool. I like that he has the stopwatch in there because he ran so slow. You know, they were like, oh, Brady, you know, he's, and he went late in the draft. So that's a cool, like, and he's the best player ever. So I, I think it's cool. I, I, um one thing that's interesting, I saw people on Twitter bitching, everyone's bitching at the DraftKings founders now because their stock just keeps tanking, mm-hmm. uh, but they're like, you're, you're not, they don't show their own marketplace at all. It's crazy. I never see them talking about like, you have a Tom Brady drop. They're, they're talking about apes and like all these other purchases that are like totally out of their ecosystem. I just thought it was interesting that someone pointed that out. Um, you know, they're really not, they really don't promote this at all. You know, I'm, I'm I don't a good really point. use Japanese much, um, but I don't see a whole lot on my Twitter, which is all sports, DFS, NFT. I hardly ever see anyone talking about this.
0: Yeah. I mean, same. And I, I, I grind the NFT Twitter all day, every day, discord, and you really don't see much about DraftKings Marketplace, but it's Tom Brady. This one seems like it will be profitable most likely, so I'll certainly be paying attention to. It's a
1: thing that's fine. You hold it for a few years too, and just see where the hell this thing goes. You don't necessarily need to just look to flip this. Um, you know, I like in a world where sports NFTs are a thing, which I pretty strongly believe is a world we're heading to. Um, these could be pretty valuable, so.
0: Definitely agree. So that kind of runs us through our segments with a a little bit of time at the end. Uh, Love to catch up and just kind of chat your thoughts on state of the market. So I actually published a blog midweek last week on NFTs Q4 2021 state of the market, with some predictions for 2022. Um, So for our listeners, if you haven't seen that, go ahead and check it out. I'm not going to go through the whole blog here, Um, And I've got plenty of thoughts on kind of where we're at some market drivers and where I think we're going to go, but I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. I think maybe just to frame the discussion. First, do you feel like we are still in a bear market? Do you think it's a, we're back in a bull market? Kind of what are your thoughts on the, the overall kind of state of things?
1: Yeah, I think overall, it is definitely a bear market. I think there's like pockets of bull market, right? You see the artifact drop, you see the art box job, like you see the wolf game and, and the wizards and dragons. Like there's, there's pockets of concentrated liquidity. Um, and then a lot of the landscape is pretty barren. One thing we've talked about is people tax loss harvesting. You look at some of those art box projects. Um, if you were interested in an art box, like the ECU monopolist or whatever, that thing I saw is down to like three ETH. There's gonna be people that paid 15 for those that are just looking to get um, some tax loss harvesting out of it. For those type of collections, I think December is a great time to buy. Like something that you like long-term that you're looking at. Um, a project that had a that's maybe down 80%. So you have a lot of buyers that are underwater that are going to look to sell before the end of the year. I don't see a lot of reason to be buying much right now. Um, I'm mostly just treading water. If anything I do buy is in a um, medium or long-term bucket, I think if you want to play the short-term games, Those are, you know, the risk is increasing rapidly every week in those. So it's fine to to get in there, but you really need to be on top of it. Like when I was trading, when I had like my more short-term trades, like I was spending 14 hours a day on my computer, which I'm not really doing right now. So I kind of stay away from that. I'm looking more mid long-term. I think December, any project that's down a lot may continue going down in December because people are gonna look to just to, to get out. But uh, I think January, I'm going to predict January is going to be a good month for
0: the NFTs. Interesting. So I'll touch on a few of those. Uh, certainly, tax loss harvesting absolutely is a thing. From what I understand, it is perfectly legal, actually, in crypto as well as NFTs. So essentially, you can, you bought something at 15 you can sell for two, buy another NFT, essentially at the same price, and then harvest your tax loss against other gains so we've already seen that we're going to continue to see that with respect to moving quickly i do feel like a kind of name of the game in a lot of new products is hot potato right now you know we certainly saw that in the last wave of run-ups like chain runners JRNYs. the folks who could get in flip and get out were the ones who were making profit but I used to think we were in a bear, and now I think we are in a perfectly bullish market. You know, if you take a look at the daily volumes on OpenSea across the last 15 days, it's it's projecting out to $2.8 billion, $3 billion a month, which is only 10% off our all-time highs. I, I think the reason why I thought it was a bear is the volume is not in the blue chips, right? The blue chips are down, box is down, Plunks are down, but what's up is all these new projects. So and I think that, that led me to... You know, my prediction that the new money coming in isn't going to save the OG's bags. The new money is going to come in and chase new projects. Yeah. Um, so it, that makes me more bullish on new drops like Clone X, Artifact, you know, even some of uh, <laughs> maybe not these new ape derivative projects, um, but. When hackaile's got a new PFP dropping coming up like yeah see, those that to be- I think is
1: gonna be cool. Um, I'm not quite sure in the pricing or whatever I looked into that, but I like I, I'm I'm definitely willing to play some of the short term games uh, but like that one I don't have to do a ton of research on for the hackale one right for these like wolf and dragon games I, I really just don't have the time right now to be digging into to get in early, which is where I like to be. Uh, and then get out early, hopefully.
0: Totally agree. So like a second question, we can tee this up a little bit. Coinbase marketplace is coming. What do you think its impact on on the market is?
1: I mean, FTX launched their marketplace and it was dust, total nothing. Um, Coinbase, I'm a little more bullish there, right? They have a higher retail audience. I know FTX is more like sophisticated and it's smaller. Um, I'm not, I, we'll see. i uh, not overly bullish, but it should be good. I mean, they, there's a ton of users on Coinbase, and I think it depends uh, how they implement it. But if, if, like, I'm just some guy, I put my ETH in Coinbase through my bank, and now I can just buy NFTs there without having to deal with MetaMask. If they pull the UI off, I think that that's that's quite bullish for the space Um, because it is intimidating to do your seed phrase and the MetaMask Mm -hmm. and transfers. Like I'm first time I did it, I would send little test amounts because I didn't want to lose the whole amount if I sent it out or something. Uh, So it's it's a little intimidating. If I can trade on Coinbase, like I just, I don't have to deal with, you know, they're just holding it for me. Um, I think that's going to be pretty bullish.
0: Yeah, I mean clearing the barriers to entry is certainly a big, a big item. It's certainly a big drawback. It's something that's that's kept people from getting into NFTs. I think those who've stayed on the sidelines. Certainly I've had some conversations with friends where I've said, hey, just just wait for the Coinbase marketplace.
1: It's it's, are it's soon. Are their See, you know, they delete MetaMask, they restart their uh, the whatever, update their computer and their stuff's gone. It's like and, and those are, you know, medium sophisticated users, too. It's not even like the lowest common denominator, not tech savvy person. So yeah. I think
0: what's going to be important is understanding those new buyers, what they're going to be going after. Right. From a new product's perspective. And what I what I will say, it's kind of staying in tune with the, the buzzwords. So I had five different conversations with friends last week about the metaverse and people. Wanting to understand how they can participate in the metaverse, and then where that got to most frequently actually is in virtual real estate. Um, I think this can be tied back to Facebook's rebranding as Meta, um, but you know, keeping a pulse on you know what you know more common folks who aren't NFTs are talking about is, is going to be important. And you know, we've seen Sandbox, Decentraland, their tokens have been running really hard. Um, Virtual real estate, metaverse plays could be one of the early winners. Um, so that's that's certainly going to be a sector that I'm going to be watching specifically. I think uh, I want to get your thoughts on tokenization. I think it's one of the biggest wild cards in NFTs right now. <clears throat> Are you bullish on products that do tokens? Bearish? What do you do you think we're going to see these explode in 2022? What? What's your take on, on tokenization? I,
1: I like the tokens, personally. I think, I think it's good for the ecosystem. In most cases, uh, especially like play to earn games, which is another sector that I think is gonna be pretty appealing to the Coinbase users. Um, I, I like having the token. However, projects having a token, that, that can influence their ability to get listed on Coinbase. It might get them delisted from OpenSea if they're going through an IPO, and they're gonna have, you know, much stricter compliance requirements, I think you could see, so you might be walled off a bit. It's for each project to decide their sort of risk tolerance, but you might get walled off a bit from some of the bigger liquidity spots, but the token can kind of make up for that. So I think, um, you know, I wouldn't just slam a token out for no reason, but if there's thought behind it, if it makes sense within the ecosystem, which again, I think in, in land, metaverse plays it makes sense play to earn gaming it makes sense i think art it makes sense it makes sense pretty much pfps look at cyber right like it it makes sense so if you do it intelligently i think a token is a good addition to a project but it's worth taking the time to get it right as opposed to just oh we got to do a token and slamming something out
0: yeah and and we've laid out the risks and some of the bear case for it. I will say one of the biggest bull cases for it is it gets the whole you know crypto native community a, a new entry point to participate in the, in the project. Those who are more just trading coins all day, that's their thing. When these NFT products drop the the tokens, it, it unlocks that entire user base, which is significantly bigger than our, our small NFT community. So that is that's one of the biggest drivers where I think it can really uh you know drive the market and, and level it up last question from, from my perspective is DAOs has been a big buzzword you know we saw what happened with constitution dow and, and the people's token what do you predict what do you predict for dow's in 2022 do you think they're going to be big players i think we'll see any problems what what are your well, thoughts 100
1: percent are going to see problems um you like the constitution DAOs, but basically anonymous people raise 40 million or whatever yeah i think we're going to see some big raises that get lost or hacked or just straight up stolen in dow's so similar to uh anything else if you're buying in the dow's like use bankroll management don't just put all your eggs in one basket um but i do think the dow's do unlock these sort of um interesting like community buying mechanisms that wouldn't you can't can't do on your own, so there's power in numbers. And then you can see even the Constitution DAO, um, they raised money to buy the Constitution and then it kind of became this meme. I haven't looked recently, but it was trading 8X or something higher than what they were even trying to buy the Constitution at. So uh, I think DAOs are cool. I think there's definitely gonna be uh, some big winners there, but also buyer beware, like it's, it's gonna be, it's a fertile ground for scammers too. So, um, you know, just use bankroll management when you're getting into this.
0: Yeah, the, the, the people still can went up 35X
1: at peak just
0: on the power of meme. It was the ultimate meme. I haven't checked in on it recently. I know it did come back down uh, to earth a bit. But, you know, we, we've been talking about blue chips, how blue chips are down. I think one of my hotter takes is I think Dow's could be one of the drivers for keeping the blue chip market afloat. Uh, you know, certainly there's already mentions of a punks DAO. We've already seen some of the PFP product DAOs, you know, coming in and buying up floor punks or apes or cryptos. I think we'll see more and more of that spun up. And a lot of the folks who have experience in DAOs or are starting them up are some of the OG collectors. And, and what are the products that they're more bigger bag holders of? It's some of the earlier art blocks. It's some of the earlier PFPs. So there's also some double incentive there in investing. So I think we'll see uh, some potential for Dallas to, to keep that blue chip market afloat a bit. Those are most of my questions. Any other big market reactions, market update thoughts to share with us here today, Brett?
1: Not really, good to be back on the show. Good to have you
0: back. Well, for our audience, that's our show for today. Brett, thank you for joining me this am excited to have you back in the rotation. Thanks to our listeners and viewers for tuning in here this morning. We'll be back on Friday to recap the week. I'll be jo- I'll be joined by my man Skyhook to get his steaming hot takes. Till then, stay safe in those NFT streets. Goodbye.